Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Joe, we're learning how to keep going. Just because people don't encourage you, keep going, keep moving forward, keep progressing, keep walking. Hey, don't expect the cheerleading crowd to say, rah, rah, go make it. No, keep doing it because you know God is in it. Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. This weekend, we're continuing our study from the book of Luke chapter 6 about the man with the withered hand. And as Mark shared with us last time, this man is standing in front of the crowd on the Sabbath with his condition fully exposed. And what happens next? Well, Mark is going to get into all the ramifications of that action right now. Our message is from our series, Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God, and the message begins now. In our 10 o'clock service, uh, Roger got in, I was sitting right over here, and I, and I said, you know what, when Roger, Roger was coming to church, every time he'd come to church, when I first ran into him, I'd always run into him after church, and he was always half drunk and half high. And he was always telling me, Pastor, I really need to change. And he wouldn't come to church. He'd just show up every couple months when he was in trouble. And he'd show up after partying all night. And I would say, hey, why don't you, that's good. Why don't you come when you're a little bit sober and let's talk. But we loved them and people reached out to him, embraced them. And finally one day in a men's encounter retreat, in a men's encounter retreat, he, he wrestled with God and broke. But thank God that people didn't move away. Thank God that people put their arm around him. Thank God that people kept praying for him. Thank God because he got saved, turned his life around. His wife got saved. His children got influenced. He, he got rid of his drugs, got a real job, and now, now he's leading one of our marriage couples groups, right? Thank God that people come in that way and turn their life around. But you see, a church that has a Pharisee mentality where we point out the withered aspects in people's lives without grace and love, we will never bring healing to people's lives if all we do is point out the withered aspects of people's life without grace and love. And I believe that the journey towards healing in our life requires us to step out of our comfort zone and towards the God zone. Notice what Jesus does with this man who is in front of all these Pharisees and in the synagogue, already self-conscious about his withered hand because the Pharisees believed that if you had a physical deformity, that that physical deformity was the result of the judgment of God. And they were fond of saying when someone had an injury or a physical deformity, who sinned, him or his parents? And the Bible says in verse 8, look at what it says. And they were debating about whether it was right to heal on the Sabbath or not. See, religious people get caught up in religious arguments that really don't matter. Here's a man that needs healing, and all they're concerned about is whether Jesus is going to heal on the Sabbath or not. Please give me a break. This man needs healing, and you're wondering if it's right for Jesus to heal on the Sabbath because healing could be considered a form of work? You see, I don't, know, I don't know what you're thinking. 
You could sit in, in your chair right now and smile at me, and I could think, well, they're with me. And you could be thinking, I wonder where his car's at so I can slash his tires. You know, I, I, I don't know what you're thinking. You could seem like a really nice person, but really not be thinking that fondly of me. And believe me, you wouldn't be the first, probably not the last either. But, but the thing about Jesus is Jesus always knows what we're thinking. You see, right now, as you sit in this place, the heart of God, the Spirit of God searches through and knows exactly where you're at, knows exactly where you're thinking. You see, he knows if you're running or trying to hide. He knows what you've struggled with this week. He knows who you've talked to, where you've been, what you've watched on television, what you've, what you've clicked on your computer screen this week. He knows your conversations, where you've been, who you've been with. He knows how long you've been there. He knows the neighborhoods you've driven through. He knows what music you've listened to. He knows what's gone through your head. He knows every single thing about you, every single thing. There's nothing to hide. He said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. Now, how many of you know that when you have a deformity or when you have a physical trait that right now, right then, you're a little bit embarrassed, that the last thing you want to do is stand up in front of everybody? You know, they tell us that the number one fear in America, you know what it is? It's not height. It's not death. It's not taxes. It's not cancer. You know what the number one fear of Americans is to stand up in front of a crowd and have to speak. Number one fear. There's something about it that causes the shivers to go through our system. You know why? Because there's a sense of they're judging me. What do they think about me? And how many of you know that when you have something that you're self-conscious about, you think everybody's staring at it? How about it? You wake up in the morning, ladies, you wake up in the morning, it's just a bad day, and there it goes, that big old pimple on your forehead. <laughs> you cover it up, you make it up. But you know what? You feel like when you say hi that people's eyes are going right to it. So that you feel like they're staring at it. I know they're staring right at it. And so you don't want to go out. You don't want to do this. You know, you, they're staring right at it because you feel whenever you have a little bit of something that's not right, you feel like everybody's looking. How about it? We get self-conscious about it. We think like everybody's looking. I, I know young teenage kids, when they get a haircut and they hate their haircut, they go around for a week in the summer with hats on, with big hats that cover their head because they feel like everybody's looking at it. So this man stands up in front of the entire crowd, and here's what I want you to understand. Listen, I want you to understand that the journey to wholeness begins when we get out of our comfort zone and we're willing to step into the God zone, what God is asking us to do. And listen, there will never be healing in your life. There will never be wholeness in your life. There will never be at absolute dealing with the withered parts of your life until you are willing to stop hiding it, and until you're willing to take steps out of your comfort zone to deal with the tough areas of your life that God is asking you to deal with. So he stands up, the hardest thing for a man with a withered hand, stands up in front of a crowd knowing that all the eyes are on, especially the judgmental Pharisees. 
And if you've ever been around someone that has a physical deformity or someone, if you've ever been injured or hurt, or you know that people stare. Ah, one of the worst things is the staring of people. So he stands up in front of every, everybody's eyes, scan the man, and they scan his withered hand. They see it. The second thing I want you to realize in your journey to wholeness, hey, uh, we, we all have withered parts of our life, and I want you to acknowledge that you have withered parts, I have withered parts, we all have. The beauty is this, that we all have areas of dysfunction and witheredness in our life, shriveled areas of our life. There's not a person in this room, I want you to hear me well, there's not a person in this room that's completely 100% whole in their life because we all have areas in our life that God is dealing with. All of us do. Most of us feel a little bit out of place because we feel like I'm broken, but everybody else is whole. But the truth of it is it's not that way. We all have areas in our life that are broken, that are shriveled, and need the touch of God. Every single one of us. I don't care if you came from a great family and your dad took you out to all the ballpark games and prayed with you in a Christian family, whatever. Your sinful nature has created brokenness in your life, and we all have it. There's not a person here that can look at anybody else and say, wow, you're broken, I'm not. We all are broken to one degree or another. We all have dysfunction. We all have shriveled areas in our life. So we might as well get used to we're the, we're the community of the shriveled. And there's a sense of freedom when we're able to talk about the areas of our life that are really dysfunctional and shriveled and need the touch of God. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message about striving toward wholeness in just a moment. Please stay with us. Did you know that in addition to hearing Mark on this weekend program, you can also hear him teach each weekday on our sister program, Bold Steps with Mark Job. You can also find this bold teaching on your local radio station, the internet, or through our popular Moody Radio app. To learn more about all the ways you can listen, just go to boldstepsweekend.org. Now, let's return to Mark's message called The Man with a Withered Hand. And the second thing that I want you to see in your journey to wholeness is this. I want you to remember that it's really hard to step up front because it exposes our deformity to others. It makes him risk rejection and judgment. It would require him to trust Jesus. He could have stayed sitting. Jesus says, stand up. He knows that people may reject him. He has to trust Jesus fully in this. And the second thing I want you to understand, write this down. The journey to wholeness will sometimes be hindered by the very people that we expect to help us. You see, the Pharisees were the religious people. They should have been helping the man with the withered hand. But instead of helping him, they were judging him. Instead of helping him, they were magnifying his shriveled hands. And oftentimes in our life, I want you to hear me, oftentimes in our life, there will be people around us that are close to us that we expect should help us, but instead of helping us, they actually magnify our problem. Don't expect that as you start dealing with an issue in your life, everybody's going to cheer you on. 
Don't expect that everybody close to you is going to be a great support to you. Not everybody will be a great support to you. Not everybody's going to cheer you on. Not everybody's going to put their arm around you full of grace and mercy and encourage you. There will be some people that you expect encouragement from that will criticize you. Sometimes it's family members. Sometimes it's your spouse. Sometimes it's a person that you grew up with that you expect as you journey to wholeness, as you start living for God, that they would be excited for you, but they're not always excited about it. They're not always for you. They're not always in your camp. And sometimes we allow those people to turn us away from God. You see, the Pharisees were looking at Jesus. They could care less about the shriveled point in this person's hand. They were arguing about religious things. You see, religion sometimes gives us just enough spirituality to keep you from ever needing or wanting an authentic encounter with God. And I want you to get used to it. Not everybody's going to support your dream. Now, some of you are finally going to deal with tough issues in your life, and maybe it's, maybe it's sexual abuse that happened to you when you were a child, and it really has left a mark on your life, and you finally go to deal with it, and people say, come on, get over it. it that, that didn't really happen. It's made up in your head. When you really needed someone to say, hey, I understand. Wow, it must have been tragic. People will dismiss it. Sometimes the very pain in your life of depression, people just say, well, get over it. Just be happy. No, you don't understand. There's people in life that will not encourage our recovery, encourage our wholeness, encourage our healing. But here's the thing. Don't stop the journey just because people don't encourage you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep progressing. Keep walking. Hey, don't expect a cheerleading crowd to say, rah, rah, go make it. No, keep doing it because you know God is in it. Keep doing it because you know wholeness is in it. Keep doing it even though you have to go through the painful journey of facing lies about you, of dealing with painful things. Keep going through the process. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't stop dealing with issues. Keep dealing with issues because in the end, if you do, you will become a more whole person in the light of God, more fully functional and more healed in the presence of God. The last thing and third thing I want you to remember is this, is that the journey towards wholeness will require doing something that you cannot possibly do without divine help. You see, the very last thing that Jesus does with this person is just, if it wasn't Jesus, we would say it's cruel. First of all, he has this man stand up in front of people that are judging him, and then when he's up there, look at what it tells us, that Jesus in verse 10, in verse 9, he says, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy it? And then it says that Jesus pans the crowd. He looks around at all the crowd that's there. And then he looks at the man and he says to the man, now stretch out your hand. It's right there in verse 10. Stretch out your hand? 
I mean, how can you tell someone who has atrophy in his hand and his hand is withered to stretch it out? Don't you know, Jesus, that that's impossible to do? You see, I believe there comes a point in time where the divine intersects with the humanly impossible. And then without the touch of God, you can't do it. You see, this is not a self-improvement program. This is a divine connection place. There's certain things that God is going to ask you to do that in your own power you could never do. It's like telling the alcoholic, stop drinking. And the alcoholic is going to say, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I've gone to AA meetings. I've tried to tear up the bottles. I've tried to say I won't drink. I just can't on my own power. It's like telling the bitter person, just forgive them. And they say, well, I've tried to forgive. I just can't release it. And God says to this man, just stretch out your hand. Now, do you think that he hadn't tried to stretch out his hand before? Do you think that in the privacy of his bedroom, he didn't try to stretch out his arm? I can imagine that in the privacy of his house, he would try to unravel his fingers and make his hand stretch out. I imagine that a hundred times he had tried to stretch out his hand. I imagine that when it first happened, when he reached out to try to grab a cup of water, he extended his hand, but it just wouldn't work. I imagine that a hundred times he said, just do it. Let me force myself. Let me extend it. But you see, in his own natural power, it was impossible. There comes a point in time in our life where God asks us to do what is only humanly impossible to us. And it cannot be done without the divine release of supernatural power from on high. You see, some of you have been trying to change areas of your life that you just can't change. And you've been trying to do it in your own power. You cannot do it in your own power. You need the miraculous, supernatural, divine release and touch of the power of God. How does it work? Well, it doesn't mean that you don't try, but it means that you take a step saying, God, without your touch, without your power, I can't do this. So I will take the first step. I can imagine the crowd looking at this man some people kind of embarrassed, like, Jesus, what are you asking this man to do? Others anticipating the Pharisees crossing their arms. And this man stands in front of the crowd. Years have passed by since this atrophied arm has not extended. And Jesus says to the man, now stretch out your hand. Those words of Jesus spoken by the Almighty have divine power. And those words penetrate the heart and spirit of this man. He's tried a hundred times before, but this time there's something different. 
Because this time it's not his own willpower. It's not the suggestion of a friend. It's not a dream that he has inside. It's the divine words of God, Jesus the Messiah. They penetrate his soul. Faith raises from within. He feels a power within his body that he's never felt before. He takes the withered arm from outside behind his back. He exposes it to everybody. And now for the first time in his life, he's trying to do something with God's divine power. Like a hundred times before, he starts to stretch out what he's never been able to do. But this time, oh, this time, this time, there's power from on high. This time, there's supernatural anointing flowing from the presence of God. And as he begins to stretch out his arms, suddenly there's a release. Suddenly there's an extension. He feels the fingers that have not uncurled for years begin to uncurl before him. And by the time this act of faith is done, his hand is fully extended by the power of God. That's your life. Some of you have tried a hundred, two hundred, you've tried to change, and it's been impossible. You've tried to forgive your spouse, and it's just been too hard. You've tried to stop an old lifestyle, it's been impossible. You've tried to forgive a perpetrator against you and it seems improbable that it would happen. You've tried to stop an addiction and it just seems like it won't go away. You've tried to turn around and you cannot do it on your own. That shriveled part of your life needs the divine release of the hand of God. And today... The spirit of the living God, today right here, is saying that there is not a shriveled part of anybody's life here that is beyond God's transforming power. Today, the spirit of God speaks boldly and powerfully to your life, saying, I know you've tried on your own. I'm not asking you to change yourself. I'm asking you to trust me, to believe me, to have faith that I can change you if you release and heal the areas that no one else can heal, the divine release of God. Well, that's right. We all need divine help. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job and our newest program, Bold Steps Weekend. Now, Mark, a lot of us think we can journey throughout this life on our own, but that's just not true. Wayne, what I've discovered is that many people stop trying and they start living with that shriveled part of their life and just say, that's the way life is. They give up, yeah. Yeah, it's never going to change. And maybe it'll never change in your own power. But I think what this story tells us is that there is a power that's greater than us, and that comes through the person of Jesus. And God has the power to take even areas that we've become hopeless about and turn them around with his divine touch. 
All right. Thank you, Mark. And you can help transform lives this year when you partner with us. We want to share the life-transforming message of the gospel with as many people as we can. And so, when you give a generous one-time donation or perhaps sign up to become a monthly bold partner, you'll be helping this ministry branch out onto other radio stations all across the country so that people just like you can learn from Mark as well. And for either giving opportunity, just click the donate button at our website, boldstepsweekend.org. When you give a gift of any amount today, we'll say thanks by sending you a copy of our latest Bold Action Gift, a book by Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware called Finding God in the Land of Narnia. With more than 100 million copies sold, The Chronicles of Narnia is one of the most influential fantasy series of our time. But what does this fantastical world teach us about our own? To help you see it with clarity and insight, we're offering a book by Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware called Finding God in the Land of Narnia. Finding God in the Land of Narnia is a fascinating book that takes us beyond the stories found in the famous Chronicles of Narnia and into the brilliant heart and mind of the man who created them. It's our latest bold action gift, so ask for your copy today. And it's yours with a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Weekend. Request the book, Finding God in the Land of Narnia by Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware when you go to boldstepsweekend.org. And don't forget, there are a variety of ways you can connect with us each day. From visiting our website to connecting with us on social media, we'd love to hear from you. Just search for Bold Steps Radio on your favorite social platform and click the like or follow buttons. We look forward to meeting you there. Well, maybe you're feeling stuck, or maybe the wheels of your spiritual life are spinning. No matter what you're going through, be sure to join us next weekend when Mark examines the life of a man whose situation seemed bleak until he encountered Jesus. We'll be looking at the life of Bartimaeus. So join us next week here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.